today's episode, I am welcoming my best friend Jonah on the show to talk about why we love horror movies and true crime, serial killers, scary things like that. So let's get going. Well, we're here to talk about horror because it's October and I mean, I don't know. Horror is like scary, or it's supposed to be. It's spooky right? season. It's spooky season. Yes, that's what it's called. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um. So, in a general sense, why do you think we like to be scared? Well, um, it goes back to this idea that is rooted actually in ancient Greek philosophy, which is this concept of catharsis. And the Greeks typically used it to describe stage plays, um, but now we can apply it to the plethora of media that we have in the modern world. And it's basically this concept of going to view a piece of art in which something is enacted that you live through vicariously, and through that you have an emotional reaction. So you have the same emotional reaction that you imagine the characters going through the experience or have it, having but you don't actually have to do the things that they're doing. So when we watch a scary movie or read a horror novel and we put ourselves in the position of the characters on screen and we feel that fear, we are able to kind of imagine ourselves in that situation and through that, like, broaden our horizons, maybe put into context an experience from our past. Um, We can, like, act out these sort of deep-seated traumas that we might have but we do so in a safe environment where where everything is all just make-believe. And because of that, we can walk away and kind of leave it all behind and not have to bring it into the rest of our lives. So it's, it's sort of a way of like, catharsis actually means to purge. So it's this way of purging mm-hmm. ourselves of what's inside of us and then walking away from it. So something that I found while I was researching it was it allows us to experience and learn without ever actually being in real danger. And then Uh you can also have this adrenaline rush to it. Like somebody compared it to going on amusement rides. Yeah, uh, the the adrenaline rush, for sure. That's definitely related. Um, That's why we see people who like love jump scares so much in horror, because it just gives you like a little jolt of energy. And people think that that is like being startled is equated with being afraid really often. I think there's also, like, the aspect of with a lot of these movies, there's very much, like, a satisfying ending. Yeah. Generally, there is a structure to a horror movie, and that is the basic horror ending. Is like, usually the the one lone survivor, sometimes there's a group, but most most likely it's one, has a triumphant moment. And the monster like slithers back into the earth or dies or disappears to come back later on. And we get a feeling of triumph of having made it to the end. Yeah, that is kind of nice to feel that way. Sometimes I do like the ones that leave you like really unsettled, though, because then you're just like, oh, yeah, (laughs) because that's what horror is really supposed to be. So, yes, there is a basic structure to horror, which probably just comes with any genre i think uh any studio will just kind of look at all the horror movies that are made or all the rom-coms that are made and decide on a basic structure and have them all follow that because it's easier to make money that way but a really cool thing about horror is that because it is supposed to unsettle people that allows for you to break the rules more often than you would be able to in other genres 
and you can do it in really interesting ways and make some really weird choices. I want to also talk about like the significant part that the tales within like horror and I'm just going to say horror in general, but I know we're going to get into like different areas of it, but mm-hmm. for right now I'll just use horror, but how the tales of horror have played significant parts in our society as humans. Like ever since we were kind of around, there was this like, you know, murdering, rape, theft, gore, violence, like all of that. Absolutely. And, and Oh, go ahead. Yeah. It goes like um, horror goes all the way back to the very beginning before writing to the oral traditions, uh, ancient mythology, religion. It's like built into the fabric of those things. And it, it probably is because the world back then was not only a scary place, but a really mysterious place. Mm. And there was so little understanding of how everything worked and what like the purpose of humanity is and how to survive and even just like what is out there in the dark you know we take that for granted now because we live in a world where everything is so brightly lit all the time but the ancients would have had no idea what is lurking out there and just how big the world is that is such a good point i never really thought about that but yeah it was so yeah, dark. Um, actually, H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft has this quote that goes, I think I'll probably be paraphrasing because I don't know if I remember it word for word, but he said something like, uh, the oldest and deepest human emotion is fear, and the oldest and deepest fear is the fear of the unknown. Oh, I love that. Yeah, the fear of the unknown is pretty much what damn near all horror really relates back to, you know, stuff like, ghost stories like the fear of what happens after we die which we have no way of knowing and uh you know the fear of like what our bodies can do and what happens when we become separated from our bodies and all of these like philosophical things that we can never truly know we can talk about metaphorically in horror do you think there's also like an aspect to it with um like I'm for some like Jordan Peele movies are popping up for me like this aspect of the very well known also being very fucking scary like a different perspective on it but something that is really well known and then somebody takes it and they're showing like maybe like a different side of it I guess that would still be like technically unknown but do you think yeah, that no, like could I'm also kind of see what you're saying especially sorry i keep interrupting you no that's okay i interrupt all day long <laughs> that's how i talk I just get really excited i know me too i love these things but go ahead <laughs> um uh i think it, because you mentioned jordan peele um a lot of his movies talk about like social commentary yeah like so i was thinking of that are extremely well known right yeah i was thinking of get out especially and like the movie us as well kind of in there yeah for sure um kind of talking about like who we really are versus the image that we present to the world which of course with jordan peele is really strongly tied to racial identity um which i can't speak to as a white boy but i do know that throughout history horror has been used to talk about social commentary. And there's actually some really interesting scholarship in film theory that suggests that like the different monsters that we see emerging throughout history are representative of just kind of the general fears in society at that time. 
So like the vampire became really popular in the Victorian era Mm. and the vampire is a really sexual creature. It like penetrates you with its fangs, you know, and it like puts you in a trance and the women like swoon before Dracula and stuff. And the biggest fear of the Victorian era was really the fear of sex. Yeah, that's really interesting. I never really correlated that at all, like made that connection. That's really yeah, totally. And then uh, zombies were really big in the 60s, which was yeah. during the Cold War and like the Cuban Missile Crisis. So people were kind of calling it to question the blind following of governments and what that could lead us to. And, um, you know, like consumerism and things like that. That kind of um, gets back to this other point that I found while I was looking into this stuff was women tend to be drawn towards like more of those true crime stories than men because of, um, you know, they, they're like victim a lot of the time in these situations. So I feel like that has also been played upon a lot is like the, uh, like male character and women being victimized in horror movies. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the classic slasher villain wielding his big kitchen knife penetrates a woman with the knife and she is often you know scantily clad or being interrupted in the middle of a sexual act in these movies like like showering i feel like showering has been a big like in psycho he Mm -hmm. uh, comes and kills her in the shower and um michael myers comes in in the opening of halloween and kills his sister when she's topless in front of the mirror oh my god Um, so all of these things are very much sexualized and I, I not not a woman who I am not a woman who's drawn to serial killers. So I don't know how those people think, but I would assume that absorbing that kind of subliminal messaging through uh, slasher films, which are so popular right now in the era of true crime. Uh, I think that probably would color the way that you are attracted to serial killers in a way. I, I feel like for a long time they were painting these people as really creepy looking. And now they're showing more and more that, hey, these people just kind of look like regular old people. I don't know. I mean, uh, women have always been attracted to serial killers. The term didn't really become invented until the 60s. So Bundy, I believe, was active in the 70s. And he was like the first really big one. And then um, it qu- it became a, queen- a thing quickly after that. Uh, but yeah, people have like always been attracted to them. Like Bundy got hundreds of love letters in prison, like every single day from mm. women. Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, I believe, got married in prison to one of his fangirls. Um, so I don't really know what that's about. Oh uh, maybe gosh. it has something to do with the fact that these men are dangerous, but they're behind bars. So there's... Uh, a kind of a safe sort of danger in there, which maybe goes back to our earlier discussion on the catharsis aspect. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder if, too, it's kind of like they become famous a lot of the time. Yeah. So people are like, look who I'm writing, like the serial killer, yeah. you know, whatever. And people are like, oh, my God, you're crazy. You're right. Like, I'm oh sure God. it probably is that simple. I don't want to think that it is, but it probably is. <laughs> unfortunately but yeah (laughs) yeah so there's this theory called excitation transfer theory and it's the theory that emotional responses can be intensified by arousal from other stimuli not directly related to the stimulus 
that is originally provoking the response. So it's, oh. I kind of am wondering if that's like how people get really stimulated during like scary movies and then it's kind of like a turn on. That totally makes sense. I know I've jerked off while watching horror films. I so. mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh too much God. information for the internet maybe nah i mean i can take it out if you want <laughs> <laughs> no that's fine you can leave it. <laughs> it's kind of funny i like it i just wasn't expecting it because i was thinking more of like cuddling and like being like oh yeah. i'm scared in like there, a movie there theater that old idea when kids actually went to movie theaters on dates that you like take the girl to see the scary movie right and then she'll be all over you it's just kind of an interesting theory that I found. I see how that would be related to, um, like, fear and arousal. Yeah. Um, speaking of fear, so you kind of touched on this a little bit ago about, like, raw emotions. And, like, fear is a huge, like, instinctual, basic emotion that we've had for a really long time. Do you feel like people want to understand those emotions more and that might be another reason why they want to listen or watch these things so that they can know that you know you know like I I guess I'm I'm getting confused on what I'm trying to say because I want to talk about how there is this big sense of fear with it and having that raw emotion but also wanting to learn about the emotions that the killer or the horror monster is feeling as well yeah we don't just identify with the victim we also identify with the killer well we want to believe that these people especially with like the true crime thing we want to believe that they're that way for a reason because that makes it less scary because it's not the unknown anymore you know we can pin it down and if we can pin down why they're that way we can make sure that it doesn't happen to other people But I don't know if we ever can pin down why they're that way. I mean, it's hard to say. I feel like that kind of goes with the idea of the predator and prey. I found so much information on this when I was trying to figure out, like, why do people watch horror? This was one of the biggest things that came up was the morbid curiosity, basically, and tending or wanting to seek out information about these dangerous circumstances circumstances um this one guy called it predator inspection why does the predator behave this way why how does he act when he's not hunting you know what are the motivations what are the signs that someone might be a killer or be violent it's probably a thing that everybody does like unconsciously because it's a basic instinct a survival tactic um so yeah that that completely makes sense and um i think it also goes back to like being able to pin something down and then it's not scary anymore because we know uh and then when you realize that you can never fully know i think that's where the really interesting stuff happens i think that's probably why people are drawn to those things is because there's the mystery aspect Yeah, that was like the other huge tick that came up was just the solving, like solving a puzzle. It's this mystery behind it and wanting to know the who, what, why and where. And the why is, of course, the biggest part. Like, why do they do this? That's one of the biggest things you see people complain about in horror movies, isn't it? They like go see it and they're like, well, why does this happen? And why does this person have this ability? And like, what what does this mean? And 
Um, nobody really thinks about that those things are not explained in the story because they are often not explained in real life. Mm. So I do want to, I want to talk about like just a couple more things. I do want to get to the differences between the psychological, the gore and just like scary jumper movies. But one thing that I really want to talk about is the difference between right and wrong. Because we talked about this a little bit before, like the boundaries and you were talking about like upsetting the social norm and liminal space. So what like does it make us feel better? Like, is it showing us what's right and wrong? Is it blurring that space? Kind Mm -hmm. of what's going on in that aspect? This is a big question. (laughs) We're discussing good and good and evil. And we're just talking about horror movies. And I love that (laughs) because that's like the biggest one of the biggest questions of of all time, really. It's like uh, the boundary between good and evil. And if it's if it's real, if it's there, does evil exist in the hearts of men? Is it um, some kind of force that acts upon us? You know, where does it come from? Uh, Do these things exist in balance? And that that really is what horror films are at their core supposed to address. Um, And I think a lot of them decide to blur that boundary more than you would see in other types of stories, um, because that is where um, the the true unsettling things can come in. Uh, Human beings love to live our world defined by boundaries, you know, good and evil, right and wrong, men and women, black and white, uh, Republican, Democrat. It's just easier (laughs) to split things down the middle, you know. Um, So when something is presented that kind of upsets that boundary, like, you know, a bisexual person or a transgender person or something like that, people tend to react really negatively to those things because it upsets the social norm. And that's what horror movies really play with. So you see this theme of hybridity and the liminal space a lot in horror films and um, this idea of the descent into evil, like, you know, the exorcist. There's a reason that uh, it's a little girl that's possessed because this little girl is supposed to be like the picture of goodness, you know, the ultimate innocence and the horror comes from the degradation into evil. Um, So I don't I don't really know if that answers your question or if I'm just like talking out my ass. Uh, I guess I'm just saying things, really. No, that's like perfect, because I just it's hard to even ask this question. Like, it's just I just want kind of the discussion around it, because it seems like a lot of the time what was that one movie called? Oh, One Hour Photo. Yeah. With Robin Williams. They mm-hmm. don't ever actually show you his past, but they do allude to something really fucked up happening. Yeah. And then you feel really bad for him. And that's not like to excuse what he did, but you're kind of like, well, I guess there's some leeway there. <laughs> It's it's satisfying to identify with the killer in a way because uh, it humanizes them and we find that reassuring to know that even in the darkness, there is the little spark of light, you know, mm-hmm. um, but then it's also upsetting because we think we are what ourselves only a couple of traumatic incidents away from being able to commit horrific acts. Oh, I like that. <laughs> 
Yeah, because and that's that's alluring to people. You know, people love people are like drawn to this idea of being able to just completely ignore the rules that their lives are abide. They have to abide by in their lives and just go outside the social norm and just do whatever and just kill people. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or do other weird, creepy things. Yeah, just do whatever you want. Satisfy the basic urge. Yeah, I kind of had that question for myself was like, does this help us with our own like inner demons, you know, or our inner deep thoughts? Because I feel like a lot of us, I, I would hope that other people have like these fucked up thoughts that I do. And if not, I this is going to be awkward, but like, (laughs) you know, just when you have those thoughts that you're like, whoa, I kind of went there. Like that was, you know, don't go there. Like, and that's, I think the biggest difference is we don't act on that, but we have those thoughts and we have this inner kind of violence in us. I even, I was talking to my dad the other day, we were watching the Hurt Locker, which I had never seen before good movie and yeah it was really intense and he was talking about just like this animalistic kind of aggression in people and Mm -hmm. you know we were just kind of talking about like where that comes from if it comes from anywhere other than just kind of being having to be predators back in the day you know or yeah i don't know yeah eat or be eaten yeah it was just like really interesting and if you don't you know if you have these like predispositions to I don't I don't want to call them like malfunctions but you know different brain chemistry or these traumatic events that happen that trigger these things and you don't know what to do with all of that aggression then like yeah you know shit happens that's one of of the things that I've heard a lot of people talking about in relationship to this Dahmer show I couldn't watch it I watched the first episode and I had to stop um but I've heard a lot of people say that it makes it feel kind of tragic, not just for the victims, but also for him, because it's like we now live in a world where we can talk about mental health and where people who have these kind of urges can go talk to someone about that. Yeah. Um, but he did not live in a world where he could discuss those feelings with anyone. And if he had, maybe he would have been able to get help and this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, it's sad. But- it is sad. Ugh. Anyways. Subgenres. Subgenres, yes. So there is psychological thrillers, there's slasher, there's, um, like, just full-on gore violence, there's true crime, there's, you know, like, I don't know, there's so many. I feel like there's serial killers there's fantasy type horror i feel like there's there's, uh i would say like monster movies slashers body horror psychological thrillers art house horror yeah true crime i guess you could put in there i don't know i don't know how to split them all up yeah, there's just so many different genres, and I feel like we yeah. could get the easiest one. There's a lot one. of overlap. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of overlap. And I feel like we could get the easiest one out of the way first, um, which is true crime, because neither of us really <laughs> watch true crime. 
I I just don't think it's horror. I just, I don't think it's right to uh, frame tragedy as entertainment and sell it back to the masses. It just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. To me, horror is something beautiful because it's art that allows us to process deep-seated emotions. Um, But I don't think you could call true crime art. I think to try to even call it art would be a little offensive. I know (laughs) people watch it to feel scared. (laughs) I mean, I get what you mean, though. Because you were the one that pointed out to me like the art in horror and also the comedy in horror, which I Mm -hmm. had never thought about before like how they can be used together so well like in the movie us by jordan peele i at first i was like that was so silly like it was funny and it was kind of disturbing oh God, so funny but yeah it was like funny and i was really confused i was i love when she's like alexa call the police oh yeah and alexa's like okay playing fuck the police by <laughs> nwa <laughs> Yeah, that was great. That's the one that always pops up in my head, too. It's so funny. And just the guy who, like, randomly howls. Yes. Like, the dad, the other dad. I'm just like, Uh what is this sound that he's making? Like, why? Yeah, no, it's so good. And Jordan Peele is the master of comedy and horror because he has a comedy background and he is—he's—he loves horror. He's so passionate about horror. To hear him talk about it is amazing because he's been watching horror movies since he was a little kid, and he knows like everything there is to know about horror. Um, and he understands how to frame them together. Um, yeah, they're—they're just—they're uh, very similar structurally. They both rely on a, a setup where you build tension, uh, followed by a punchline where something is resolved, and you either experience a burst of fear or a burst of laughter. Yeah, I love that. A lot of the things that horror movies do verge on the absurd and the ridiculous. And if you play that up a little bit, it helps the audience to suspend their disbelief. Like when something ridiculous happens in a horror movie and it's supposed to be scary, it takes us out of it. But when they play up the fact that it's a little absurd, we can buy it more. So as far as the subgenres and all the bunches of different categories we kind of covered i guess like serial killers and basic horror and like jump out scary so and maybe psychological thriller as well because i feel like that also goes with the mystery part and like you know finding ourselves in the character totally a lot of the really classic psychological thrillers um like from the 90s they're crime stories based because it's like we get to solve a little mystery, you know? Oh, yeah. Like uh, like Seven or Eight Millimeter or Silence of the Lambs. It's like we're like going on a little investigation. So I guess the only one we haven't really touched on a whole lot is the pure violence and gore. Like... My favorite. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I, I f- like body horror. I feel like there's that aspect of the animalistic part maybe in the violence area but yeah talk more about like body horror and what that kind of does to us or as far as you can speak from your personal experience yeah uh body horror i think is especially upsetting to a lot of people because we don't like to think about our bodies as physical things that can be injured so easily but we actually are quite fragile and um 
it, it, it again goes back to the boundary, um, the boundary between what is inner and what is outer. And when you upset that boundary by pulling somebody's insides out, that is really, really unsettling to people for a lot, a whole lot of reasons. Um, and it's a very sort of intrinsic psychological response that we have to that kind of gory action. What do you mean by intrinsic psychological response? Um, just because I think it plays on our, um, just our sense of self, you know, just like the bare, the first thing that we become aware of really, uh, when we start, when we're like infants is, uh, we become aware of the boundary of our body, like between ourselves and our mother and the world around us. And that's like the one thing that we carry with us through our whole lives is this sense of self and me as this thing that operates a body um so when that is played with and like the boundaries of the body are permeated in some way or upset it doesn't even necessarily have to be gore like we could apply this to a discussion of the fly Um, have you seen the fly i have not okay well it's about uh, a scientist who invents a teleportation device and when he's testing it one day he gets in and a fly also gets into the pod with him and then when he comes out, he and the fly's DNA has been merged. Oh, and it's his slow transformation into this, like, disgusting fly creature. Um, so it doesn't, body horror doesn't have to be gory. It can be anything that, like, upsets our understanding of the body. Um, but that kind of stuff is really, really distressing for people because that's, like, our base fear, really, is that something horrible will happen to our bodies. Get, like, horribly mangled. Yeah. Yeah, or become unrecognizable in some way. That kind of, I guess another topic or genre that I just thought of was, like, torture. Mm-hmm. And that, I feel like, could torture also... Porn. Yeah, torture porn. What the fuck is the deal with that? Yeah, people find that to be, like, really not just upsetting, but also very, like, trashy. Um, people yeah. really look down their noses at torture porn, for sure. I feel like I have a hard time with it because a lot of the time, I guess I have a very limited experience, but there's a lot of rape involved in torture and that makes me really uncomfortable. But if there was more of just like a basic torture, like I'm having a hard time thinking of like a non-rape torture scene in my head, but... Well, there's like, um, like the Saw movies. Oh, thank you. Okay. Torture porn, or like something like Hostel or Green Room. Oh, Hostel. Um, you know, just anything that is like really especially savage, like unapologetically savage. That I I I wonder if people like look down on it because they have a limited experience with it, and so you know, like if. I I don't know, like speaking from just me, like I would at first be like, ooh, torture porn movies, like no thank you because of that one aspect that's in it a lot. Mm-hmm. But then when I think of those other movies, I'm like, oh, I really fucked with those, though. Like, yeah, I and, love the Saw films. They're some of my favorites for sure. Yeah. And it go and it's kind of ties in with the psychological thriller. Oh, yeah, it absolutely does. And Saw is also sort of like escape room horror a mm-hmm. little bit. So it plays into the puzzle solving thing as well. Um, so th- there's there's a lot of overlap in pretty much every movie. There's a lot of right. overlap in all these different things. 
that are happening. But as far as just like torture goes, what can you kind of speak on with that and why people just like why people like it or like why it is really engrossing? Yeah. Well, um, I think torture porn was a genre that was very much confined to the era in which these movies were made. Uh, If you look at the recent horror movies that are being made, we're not really making torture porn movies anymore. No, definitely not. We haven't been doing it for like the last decade or so. And they were really, really popular in the mid-2000s. I think the first Saw movie came out in like 2004 and Hostel came out. I don't know, maybe a little bit after that. Um, And there's been some writing uh, to correlate the advent of torture porn um, to when 9-11 happened. Um, I don't really know if that I haven't read a whole lot about it. But as we talked earlier about how horror can kind of represent uh, societal fears at the time, the fact that this genre emerges around the time in which we are talking about terrorism, I think is really interesting because we strongly associate torture with terrorists. Yeah. I love how you can find in... Like, seeing that movies are just a, a form of art and how they follow the time so much. I love that. that it, it's super interesting. None of Art doesn't exist in a vacuum, you know? Uh, even if uh, the writer of a movie is not directly, like, making it to talk about that specific thing, uh, they're still absorbing all of this stuff based on the world that they live in, and it just kind of comes out in the work that they make. The last thing I wanted to talk on with you was, like, the last topic I wanted to bring up with you was, you had mentioned before when we were talking about this and kind of what was going on that the LGBTQ community is a big fan of horror movies. Yeah. And I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because I found that to be really interesting and, like, the things that you had to say about it were... Really, really resonated. So, just yeah, to talk gays about. love horror. It's a big <laughs> thing for sure. The horror gays. Um, uh, well, I think on a basic level, it probably has a lot to do with the identification with the monster because we are often told that we are monsters or that we are outsiders in some way and that we're different from other people. So if you look at something like um, a vampire story where a person is changed and becomes sexually liberated in the process, or like a werewolf where uh, Mm. something's kind of, you have this dual nature where on one hand you are a person who abides by social norms and then by night you turn into something else and you leave all that behind. Uh, there's something in there that really resonates with queer people, I think. That so way. A lot of gay vampires in history. Uh, they've been making lesbian vampire movies since the 70s. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a ton of them. Oh, I never knew that. Oh, it's great. Uh, There's this uh, great one called Lamora that you should see if you can watch. I don't know if you'll be able to find it, um, but if you can, you should watch it. It's really, really good. You have just a really great way of understanding and describing things that make sense. You know, like, I just love the way that you can describe these things. And you have so much knowledge on, like, film and stuff that it's really helpful 
to get to the bottom of these things because I like knowing. <laughs> cool. That's nice. I like I'm just knowing a big things. Big nerd, really. <laughs> I know it's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I too also like to know things, and that's why I know these things that no one else knows. <laughs> <laughs> so now we know why we all love horror and scary things. <laughs> yes, but if someone out there likes horror for a different reason, they should let us know. Oh yeah, let us know. I absolutely loved having Jonah on the show. He is my best friend, and I just love hearing him talk, honestly. He's so articulate and has a way of explaining things so that they're understood in such a way that gives it depth, but also a simple understanding. The only thing we didn't talk about on this episode, which I'm so bummed about, was ghost and demon type scary movies and the like so we will probably be doing a follow-up on that because those are my absolute favorite types of movies like scary movies and I'm sure that Jonah has a whirlwind of knowledge that I cannot wait to hear so there's that for you (laughs) 